Jaden Laverde, welcome to the weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. Thanks, mate. How you going? Yeah, really, really good. Um, I can hear birds singing in the background. I just saw your scenery where you're sitting. For the listeners at home that can't see that, talk yeah. to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're just uh, at a bit of a resort in Maruchador. Um, real nice afternoon. We've uh, got a, a bit of a barbecue on this afternoon uh, for one of the boys' birthdays. So we're just uh, hanging out and... Um, yeah, it's a really nice afternoon for us, so everyone's just chilling. Mate, living the dream. I know us Melburnians are suffering down here currently in stage four lockdown, so that sounds yeah. like paradise. Yeah, I feel sorry for you guys at home, but don't worry, not too long and I'll be back in, in Melbourne doing it with you. So, uh, but yeah, we do have a, a better situation here, I do feel for you guys. Yeah, definitely, man. I am um, for... All of you guys at home, obviously, Jaden is an AFL player, plays for the Essendon Football Club. And based on the current circumstances in the world at the moment, to make the season go ahead, they've all hubbed between Queensland and WA. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jaden, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Most teams are in Queensland at the moment. so Yeah, so they're trying to keep yeah. the, the season going ahead by um, confining all those teams to those two states and playing most of the games between those two states, which is awesome to have that versatility to keep this great game going. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And they're going to get the game going and keep the fans watching. Yeah, definitely, mate. And I know watching you during the year, you suffered an ankle injury earlier this year. How's the recovery going? Yeah, it's going really well. I mean, I had uh, surgery about five weeks ago now, um, just ruptured my syndesmosis in my ankle. So um, that's coming really coming along really well and uh, should be back in the next coming weeks. So back in full training with the main group, which is positive. Um, so yeah, not too long. Awesome that you guys have access to obviously the most elite facilities in terms of rehabilitation. How has that sort of progressed your management of this injury? Yeah, that's that's the main thing. We've got heaps of heaps of icing machines. We've got these game ready machines that we can wear straight off surgery. So I sat in my room for a couple of days and just ice thirty on, thirty off for for a couple of days straight, which helped get the swelling down. And then from there, we've got elite physios and elite medical staff to just progress our uh, our program. Um, so prior to running on ground, I've got, uh, got to use an Alter-G where it just takes away your gravity um, of your weight and get to run with a little bit wet, less weight on you, which helps the that process of uh, getting back on ground. But um, yeah, we've just got elite facilities and elite people looking over your programs, which which makes it really easy. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's such a, a fortune of playing at the elite level. You get to have access to those sorts of things in terms of physio, nutritionist, rehabilitation. Obviously, the facilities are top-notch. So um, really, really exciting on that front, Jaden. But before we get into, obviously, your incredible career at Essendon and the journey to there, I'd love to know what was life like for you growing up? Uh, growing up, I was a little bit stock standard. I mean, we obviously went to school together at CRC. Um I grew up in Keelor, um, have two older brothers, much older brothers actually. So um, one's 35 and the other one's 30, 33. Um, they, they both had kids at the moment um, and obviously a bit of an age gap between us. But um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty natural. I just looked up to them and watched them play footy on the weekends and obviously played footy myself and um, yeah, just wanted to aspire to aspired to be like them pretty much and um, was playing sport most nights of the week. It's pretty, pretty boring upbringing, but um, pretty fulfilling. 
Yeah, definitely the the standard Australian upbringing. And how do you do you think having two older brothers as sort of um, made your dreams and aspirations to play at the top level real? Oh, nat- my both of my brothers didn't didn't make AFL, so I, I naturally wanted to do one better than them. Um, but no, they were they were really good help with my with my uh, football growing up, and they're uh, they're pretty much second coaches coaches to me at the moment. They um, they're always striving for me to get better, and I just grew up watching them. I'd be watching them every Saturday, um, whether they're playing local or or BFL or whatever. But um, just always being around footy was was the main thing. Yeah, I love that, man. And I guess when did the dream sort of start to become a reality for you, and when did you know that you wanted to play at the professional level? Um, I probably credit to my old man. He he probably got me to enjoy my footy a little bit more when I was younger. Um, that's one thing I'd say to do whilst you're you're still young. And um, I didn't really take it too seriously till about under sixteen, till your Western Jets and Calder Cannons and stuff come along and um, your big Metro teams and stuff like that. That's when I started to take it a little bit more serious and start to get a little bit more professional with my preparation and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely, man. And I guess before we take this conversation any further, for my listeners that are overseas and have never heard of AFL before and never heard of footy, can you give us an yeah. explanation of what that is? Uh-huh. Yep, so football's uh, in between soccer and rugby. Uh, we kick a, uh, a football, an oval-shaped ball through big sticks to score points. Um, you're allowed to tackle. There's marks, which is um, you're allowed to take a mark off a, a kick or, or down the field and stuff like that. Um, what else is there? It's sort of like Gaelic football too, if there's any, if there's any Irish people listening. or um, How else would you explain, explain it? Yeah, it's a it's a mission between soccer, rugby, NFL. Um, there's a lot going on. There's definitely a lot going on. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, in the modern game, it's constantly evolving, and and the pace that the ball moves is just incredible. Like you've got half the team, or pretty much the whole team, up into one end of the ground trying to lock the ball in, and then it's that quick breakaway to try and capitalize on the um on the advantage. So it's a quite unique, versatile game that is three sixty degrees, and yeah, it's it's very unique to Australia. I think that's why we love it so much. Yeah, especially especially the fitness side of thing. That's the that's the main thing that people probably don't get how how fit and agile and, and quick you need to be to to stay in the elite level. Definitely, Matt. And you highlighted earlier uh, on the underage pathway system through the Western Jets. For people that have never been associated with that system, talk to us a little bit about how the structure into the AFL happens from a junior local level all the way up into the elite category. Yeah, so I'll just give you a bit of a rundown of how I got drafted. Um, so I just played for Kilo locally from under 10s. I played three years under 10s um, and worked my way up to under 16s. And um, there's a, a regional team called Western Jets that I was a part of. Um, they scouted me in maybe under 15s, under 16s, where you, you go for a couple of trial games and, and see how you are against the rest of the kids in your region. Um, and from there, if you're lucky enough to make that side, then you start playing in the in the TAC Cup, which is a uh, I think it's now called NAB League. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's just an under-18s competition full of the best kids in in Victoria. Um, and obviously, you get to show your stuff in front of heaps of recruiters and and list managers every week, um, and people are reviewing your games. And um, so that goes a big way to getting drafted. But 
if you're uh, in the upper echelon of uh, of those games, you might get selected for your your big sides, and they're the main they're the main things uh, to get you drafted. If you if you uh, get to those big games and start playing well, and uh, it goes a long way when recruiters see you playing those those games, um, which I was fortunate enough to to go okay in. Um, and from there, you go into the national draft, and if you're good enough, your name gets selected. From that point of view, like a, a lot of people don't realise the sacrifices and the hard work that goes into the preparation to getting drafted. And it's quite a performance-based game where, you know, you need to put performances on the park to be able to get selected and put your best foot forward oh, to yeah, for sure. get into that league. Growing up, we went to the same school and seeing you work hard was so inspiring, mate. Like a lot of 16-year-olds don't even know if they're Arthur or Martha and here you are, you know, really goal-driven, um, trying to make sure that you capitalise on your opportunity to make it to the elite level. It's been great watching your journey. For people that sort of were on the outside, what sacrifices were required at that sort of age? I guess, you know, at 16, it's such a crucial age where you're sort of dabbling in parties, you're trying different things in high school. Yeah. What sort of sacrifices did you have to make to um, play at the elite level? Yeah, the ma- the main ones are like your socialising. You have to really rein in your socialising when you have a game and and that before the next day. Sorry, after a, a party or or anything like that. So I, I'd often wouldn't wouldn't go to many parties um, or I would leave early, knowing that I have a game the next day and trying to be um, as professional as I can and give myself the best opportunity to play well. Um, but other than that, during the week, it's just getting the schoolwork done early because I obviously left um, CRC at that time and I was lucky enough to go to Pegs and um, have to work on my schoolwork there. So I'd obviously work hard on the schooling during the week and uh, try and get some good rest at night so that I'm, I can be prepared for training the next day. So it's just little sacrifices that, that make the difference. Going to bed early, getting good sleep, eating healthy and obviously uh, preparing yourself pre-game the best you can to give yourself the best opportunity to play well yeah i love that Jaden. so i guess now you know it's starting to become a reality you put some great performances on for obviously the vic team and you've worked your way up through the underage pathways at western jets yeah you've been put into the draft and you're at the draft camp in queensland paint the picture of the emotions when you you know your name got called out first and yeah, I wasn't actually I wasn't actually sure where I was going on draft night, so I was lucky enough to get invited. Um, I thought I was going to Collingwood, then I thought I was going to West Coast, then I thought I was going to North Melbourne. Um, but funny enough, I landed at Essendon, um, and I I actually was a Essendon supporter growing up, so I was uh, I was pretty stoked as you can imagine. And uh, James Heard was a childhood hero of mine, and he was my first coach, so I was uh, I was pretty shell shocked at, at the start. And, Got to meet him that night and had dinner with him and all the recruiters and stuff like that. So, as you would imagine, it was a bit of a blur. I can't really remember it too much, but I just remember being overwhelmed with excitement and I just couldn't wait to get stuck into it, really. Yeah, it's incredible. One day, you know, you're looking up to these these heroes like James Hurd. The next day, it's down to business and, you you know, obviously, he's your coach. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a whirlwind sort of experience. And how, how do you, you know, switch the focus from like oh my god this guy's my hero to holy crap this is you know down to business this is what i'm getting paid to do now yeah, I, th- I think you just forced to really like when you get into that environment you see all your other teammates working as hard as they can and, um so the main thing is probably when you get into the club just earning respect to your teammates you want to be known as someone who's hard working and and gives their all and um has what it takes to play at the level so 
naturally you got to switch as quick as you can and and try and do that um, as quick as you can. But obviously kids come in these days um, and they do they do have to learn the first couple of years how to how to train properly, how to prepare properly. Um, all those things make a big difference. Um, but the quicker you can switch on and realise how important it is to to get yourself going and, and really prepare to um, earn the respect of your teammates, the better it is. Yeah, really good point you raised there, man, about training and, and learning to prepare properly for people that are, you know, striving to play professionally or even in a complete different field. What are some great tips that you learned along your way about learning to train properly and learning to prepare properly? Yeah, that's probably the main thing I've learned over my career. It's mostly to do with my body too. So I've had a, I had a lot of injuries in my first couple of years um, and I've just learned to manage my body the right way, knowing when I'm... I've, about to tip over the edge and when I'm not uh, talking with the medical staff and um, trying to get my program right for me, uh, for my body. But um, it's also just the way you prepare pre-training. So it's the food you eat, it's the sleep you get, knowing you have main training the next day, um, just all those type of things. And then the extra recovery side of things. So we have we have good facilities at Essendon. We've got, heaps of, we've got ice bars, we've got a pool, um, which, are, which are real lucky. And then extra massages during the week and extra physio to keep your body in track. Um, probably use a phrase that a lot of boys would say is anyone can rock up and train with us for one day, but it's just putting in session after session each pre-season is the, is the hard thing. So when you get to know your body a little bit and you get older, um, it sort of clicks together. You find a way to prepare every week. Yeah, definitely. I think consistency is a really big part in all uh, professional sport. To be able to string consistent performances together stands you out from being a mediocre player and being an elite player and playing at elite level. What does the like mindset look like when you're you know you're battling through trying to put up consistent training performances and really dig deep and grind? Talk to us about how you get through those difficult situations on the track. Yeah, so it's more so like taking past past experiences through with it, knowing that, say, on that track, we might have we might have a really big session later in the pre-season, but might be thinking at the back of our head, we've done all the work beforehand to get us to this point. So we've got got all the fitness and, and uh, durability behind us. So that just drives you, knowing that you've done the work previously and you can get through it sort of thing. So, um, But it, it obviously differs to, to game day. Game day mindset's just something that is evolving in, it, in our game at the moment. Um, there's a lot there's a lot going on with that sort of stuff and mental health and trying to bring yourself to play and, and bringing your, your A game every week so um, that's something all players are, are working on at the moment especially us at Essendon we, we have a mental health uh, skills coach that we do some uh, mental gym we call it a couple times a week just to, to try and work in that area yeah, I think they're invaluable life skills that you can utilise after footy as well, Jaden. And I guess I've been doing a lot of research into the sports psychology field and how much of an impact that has on your actual performance. What sort of yeah. um, tactics or techniques do you utilise in your sort of mental preparation for a game? Do you utilise like positive self-talk, meditation? Talk to yep. us about that. Yeah, so I've, I've done a bit of uh, mental rehearsal. So um, just... We uh, have a narration, a personalised narration that I, uh, I do pre-game just to try and get my mindset into the right mood. It's more so along the lines of 
me playing at my best and uh, picturing myself going out there and, and doing those things. Um, but apart from that, it's just really uh, relaxing and, and trying to stay as, as free as I can and uh, keep my keep my mind clear and so I can just stay focused on, on one thing and that's just I narrowed down my focus onto a few things on game day and just uh, try and stay aligned to them instead of uh, worrying about too many things. Yeah, in a game where there's so many things that are out of your control, I think focusing on what you can control is really, really important. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. That's probably what I've learned in the last couple of years is just uh, controlling what you can control and, and uh, bring the same things every week that you can. Definitely, man. And I guess for the listeners at home, they're probably intrigued as well. Do you have any superstitions or anything that you um, that you abide by game day? I used to be a little bit superstitious when I was younger, um, but I try and keep it actually pretty, pretty low key now. Um, I try not to have the same thing every week. I just have some type of carb and uh, make sure I'm well hydrated and um, sort of go with the flow. Because every week you you're feeling differently. One week you might be energetic. The next week you might be uh, a little lackluster. So you need to pump yourself up. So I just go with the flow, really. I guess the preparation and and the things that we spoke about before are really, really crucial in terms of separating you from, you know, playing at that elite level. So it's really, really good to see that there's such a big importance on that at the elite level. On the note of preparation, what does a preparation for a game look like to you straight back down from, I guess, a couple of days before? So if you're playing on the Saturday afternoon, what would you do Thursday onwards? Yep. So Thursday would be our our main training day. So uh, we train short and sharp. So I'd try and go as hard as I can at at training, trying to make sure that it's trying to train the way I play. Um, but it just, as I said, really short and sharp, um, getting what I need out of the session, things that I need to focus on from the last game. Um, and then after that, it's straight into recovery mode. So trying to get good sleep in, get in the pool, get moving. Um, and then I'll, uh, I'll uh, start to drink water and, and hydrate from Thursday night onwards. And then um, obviously some high carbohydrate meals pre-game on the Friday um, and depending when the game is so if it's a night game I'll have a, a big lunch on the Saturday um, just to, to prep for, for that so um, I'm pretty cruisy when it comes to pre-game so if I want to go out and have a coffee with my friends or hang around with the boys I'm happy to do that but I won't be uh, um, spending too much energy yeah, nice, man. And do you have like a, a specific routine that you, you go through throughout the week to lead you up um, to preparation to play? Like, for example, you, you go to the same coffee shop or, or, um, or wake up at a certain time? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I actually like to get up a little bit early on game day and, and take my dog for a walk just to clear the mind. It's obviously a little bit stressful when you know you're going out to, to play in front of a big crowd. Um, so I, help, I, I know that helps me clear the mind a little bit and relieve a bit of stress and just start my day right um and from there i can get my mind set on what i've got to do and and what i've got to bring that night really really important to um to take those bits of advice guys if you're any aspiring athletes or even you know striving to play at that elite level that's some great advice there from Jaden. i know something playing within community sport there's something special about playing with teammates whether that's you know netball cricket soccer any team sport there's just something special about that mateship i, I want to know what's the environment like down at essen and with the boys there and do you have that sort of sense of camaraderie and mateship and how does that play out in your career yeah, definitely. That's a 
that's the main thing we're trying to build. We're trying to build our co- culture all together. For instance, right now we've got uh, one of the boys' 30th birthday, um, and we're we're all having a big barbecue for him. We're all hanging around, playing finska, playing uh, bowls. So, um, but yeah, it's really big. You got to you got to build relationships off the field to have strong relationships on the field. Be able to give each other good feedback. Be able to communicate on the field. So, plays a really big part in uh, in our success. So, which we're trying to build the best uh, culture we can. Yeah, it's what keeps people coming back. Hey, that sense of community. I know from a point of view, running group group fitness classes, it's not obviously on the same level, but people come and they enjoy the environment and they forget what they're doing. So it takes that you know sense of of to do list out of their mind, and they really really enjoy it and immerse themselves in what's actually happening at the present moment. So I think community sport plays such a pivotal role in that. Yeah, for sure. I mean. When we're all doing a really tough session, there's nothing better than doing it with your mates and, and getting through, knowing that you you have 22 other blokes or uh, fighting out in the field with you. Um, I reckon that's a that's the best feeling. Yeah, definitely, man. And on that training front, I guess this game is rapidly evolving. And as we spoke about it before, it's 360 degrees. You you spoke about the fitness level that has to, um, that that certain fitness level that you need to maintain to be able to play at the elite level. How has sort of the the constant evolving of this game replicated into your fitness and your training regime? And what sort of you know things are you doing on the track to make sure that you're staying up to the speed of the game? Yeah, just the pre-seasons are just getting harder and harder at the moment. Um, we've got uh, a lot of main... Se- we've got in pre-season three or four main sessions a week um, that can go anywhere between 10 and 15 Ks. So uh, boys are working really hard. We're not... But it's not just constant running. It's it's uh, got a lot of speed work. It's got a lot of uh, lactic work. It's got a lot of agility work um, and obviously a lot of game sense stuff too. So... Um, just a combination of things, just trying to stay fit and, and be ready for the season when we can. So, yeah, pre-seasons are, are pretty gruelling, to say the least. Yeah, definitely, mate. That's always uh, a talking point for anyone that plays local footy. The, the pre-seasons are always a tough part. Yeah, the pre- pre-seasons are a killer. But you do get through them you, and you don't end up dying. So um, that's that's all I think anyway, because... Uh, when the running when the running's tough, it's uh, obviously the last thing you want to do. But getting through it with the boys and the the feeling after it's uh, is unbelievable. Yeah, love it, mate. Now, Jaden, I, I guess you know going from having this goal to play at the professional elite level and then running out on the MCG with the boys, living every youngster's dream. Talk to us a little bit about those emotions. And did you have to pinch yourself in the moment when you were doing that? Uh, yeah, the first the first time I ran up in the G uh, with all the boys, we played Melbourne, we got the win, so I was obviously pretty stoked about that. Um, yeah, I tried to just enjoy it as much as I could and, and soak it all in. It's pretty surreal. You don't really feel the crowd as much in, until you, the boys kick a goal or something like that. Um, feels like another game once you're in the in the zone sort of thing, but yeah, it's just an unreal feeling being able to fulfill your dreams of playing AFL football and finally getting that chance so yeah it was just a great win and uh something I'll never forget 
Yeah, incredible. And for all of my overseas listeners, guys, the MCG is the holy grail of AFL. It's literally the the mecca. It holds about 100,000-odd people, and the yeah. vibe in there is electric on, on match day. And obviously, AFL down in, in Australia is like religion, so you can imagine how passionate everyone gets. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Sadly, I haven't, I haven't played an Anzac Day with the full stadium yet. I played my first Anzac Day uh, this year. But I have played in a few dream times, which is uh, been close to 90,000 people. So, um, yeah, the crowd was amazing there. Incredible. And how do you utilize that electricity to from the crowd to keep you striving and obviously working hard during those tough periods? Yeah, the, the crowd just gets you up and about. When uh, when you're on the, on a the roll and, and the crowd's going nuts, uh, it pushes it that little bit more, that little bit harder to get the ball or kick a nice goal or something like that. And, the boys feed off it. It's just, it's like a little bit of extra momentum for the team. So home crowds are definitely an advantage. Essence supporters are pretty passionate. So uh, we do feed off them sometimes. Yeah, definitely, man. How have you gone playing in front of no crowds or very little crowds this year with the whole COVID situation um, as opposed to playing in front of those big electric crowds? What do you do in that aspect? And do you notice it? Uh, yeah, you, you notice it straight away. It's a bit like uh, it's a bit like you're doing a preseason session training and, and doing match gym uh, with another team. But that's just something we have to deal with. That's the nature of the beach, and um, we just have to generate our own excitement out there. And um, yeah, it is what it is, really. The boys uh, haven't complained about it once, and we've uh, been able to generate a bit of excitement when we were playing in front of no crowds. But uh, up in Queensland, we get we get a few, so it does make a difference. Yeah, it's exciting to see a few more people rolling into the games, both in Queensland and WA. Now, Jaden, backtracking sure. a little bit, coming to the end of the podcast, I'd love to know your role models and, and who were your mentors growing up and when you're striving to play AFL? Yeah, so I was obviously an Essendon supporter, like I said before, and looked up to the greats like James Hurd and Matty Lloyd, um, obviously both star players and both players I, I grew up watching all the time and... Uh, Obviously loved Hurdy. Hurdy, he was a star. Obviously a couple of Brownlow medals. Um, Lloydy, heaps of goals. So I couldn't go wrong with that, being a forward. Um, but really my mentors were my two older brothers and, and my old man. They're, uh, they've always pushed me in and uh, wanted me to strive to be the best I can be. Um, and I've just, yeah, taken a lot off them over the years. They're 100% the reasons where I am today. Um, and I can't thank them enough. So, well, uh, they're still they're still actually my third. I've got three extra coaches with them, so I go have to go through my game with them every week and and go through where I went wrong and where where things I did right. But um, that's just them being really supportive and, and one of the best for me. So, um, yeah, that's that's them. Yeah, I love that, Jade. And I guess it's really important to have, you know, those role models like James Hurd and Matthew Lloyd that you see on the TV and you strive to be like, but it's equally as important having those role models that are close to home that can really, you know, be in contact with you and get the best out of you at that point in time. And I think you, it was evident through your older brothers and your dad in that situation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And growing up, as you were coming through all the um, like the elite underage teams through Western Jets and, and Vic Metro and things like that, what was the best bit of advice given to you? Um, I reckon the best bit of advice was to, to go out and enjoy playing footy. Um, kids these days can often put a little bit too much pressure on themselves to perform and 
um, especially when you really want to get drafted and, and know you have to play well in certain games or know there's going to be recruiters watching and stuff like that. It's just going out and enjoying yourself. That's when you play your best footy. That's why you play footy. Um, and that's something I still hold to me every day. That's something I've learned to, to try and harness over the last couple of years and especially this year, going out to play footy because that's what we, we enjoyed playing when we were younger and um, we dreamed about playing. So I reckon that's the main thing. Yeah, really, really good bit of advice there, Jaden. I guess you'd obviously give that to younger kids aspiring to play sure. AFL. But do you for have sure. any other little bits of advice from a playing or training perspective that you'd give for those people out there? Yeah, other than that, other than just having fun, I'd say just prepare as well as you can. Um, preparation's key, especially your sleep and, and stuff. That's so important, trying to recover after games. So we take, we take sleep as the number one recovery mode. Um, that's the most important thing. Um, and then just preparing pre-game. So if you have a party and, and want to go out with your friends and uh, can't afford to miss it, maybe go for a couple of hours and head home early. So you still get, still get a little bit in, in preparation for your game. Um, and obviously just eat well and, and hydrate. So preparation and having fun is the main thing for me. Love that. Really good bits of advice there, guys. So definitely take that on board. Jaden, it's been awesome, you know, picking your brain and getting inside the mindset of an elite athlete. I've been, you know, fortunate enough to watch your journey and, and get really excited about your successes through the years. But what's next for Jaden Laverde? What's your, you know, your main goal for the rest of your career? Yeah, obviously, I want to cement myself as a as an AFL footballer and um, show that I, uh, I can be a, a good player at the level. Um, still learning a lot about my body and and about mindset and stuff like that. So um, I'm thinking I'm coming to a good spot at the moment and hopefully I can find some form and and uh, start to produce some really good AFL football. Love that, mate. Really, really exciting to watch you, you know, follow your journey from obviously a young star now to playing at the elite level. It's been awesome, mate. Best of luck for the rest of the year. Are you hopeful to get back for a couple of rounds this year? Yeah, so hopefully I'll be back in... In, uh, in a week or two and, and get the last couple of games in, would, which would be nice. So hopefully we can uh, get a few wins and, and make finals. Yeah, that would be nice being an Essendon supporter myself, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Jaden Laverde, thanks so much for your time today, mate. I'll let you go enjoy uh, the boys' birthday. No problems. Thanks for having me.